Big Ten Media Days, all the coaches and players and Kevin Warren also telling you about all the great things going on in the conference. But what are the things you really need to know? We had one guy on the inside. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten alongside Jacob Root of Locked On Hoosiers, who was at Big Ten Media Days. I'm Nate Dickinson. We're here to chat about everything that we heard from the two days from Indianapolis. Jacob was there over on the first day on Tuesday and, of course, had his ear to everything that was happening here throughout the day here on Wednesday at Media Days 2. Jacob, we were talking about before we went on here, some people being a little bit more open than you might have thought, at least they normally would be during these media days. I mean, during the, I guess, just kind of pony show all of it all, it is what it is. You have the coaches going up and doing their things for, what is it, 15-minute slots that they get in front of everybody. Yep. So it's not like they can get too deep into everything that's going on in the offseason. But we did hear a lot of, hey, how much better we've gotten. Hey, how high the expectations are this year. But I feel like we also got some substantial stuff from these guys too. Uh, let's just start back and forth here. What was something you think we learned from Big Ten Media Days in Indy? I think it just kind of starting real general, there's just a, I'm trying to kind of a comfort with where the Big Ten is right now. Uh, I know last week we talked about the ACC and the, the SEC Media Days and specifically the ACC where it seems they're searching for answers. And certainly there's, there's not that level of comfort there. Uh, there is a level of comfort with the big 10 and the coaches and the, and Kevin Warren just kind of across the conference that led to coaches being a little more open and honest than they, I guess maybe typically are. This is the first one I've been at, but I I was just surprised at the level of, of just openness that these coaches had. So um, I mean, the, the big topic obviously was UCLA USC just unanimous excitement for for that which i mean they're going to tow the company line and say that uh but i there wasn't any any wavering support at all it was completely unanimous that everybody was excited for that and uh that was one of the biggest things it took kevin warren like 15 minutes to to even mention uc usc and ucla but uh yeah it was a topic that basically every coach was asked about and Every coach uh, to a T said that they were excited for for what kind of the future holds with adding uh, the L.A. market. Yeah, and why not be? Uh, I thought Kevin Warren was one of the people who was especially comfortable up there at the podium, being a little bit more open on things than I think maybe he normally has. Uh, one of them being expansion. I mean, it seems kind of obvious, and he did just kind of say what he's supposed to say to this end, but just throwing out there that the Big Ten is open to more expansion, I think is still news. Like, it's not, of course, as big a news as it was before all of this happened, but I think it's still something that the Big Ten is still looking out there. And 
I feel like is just being a little bit more opportunistic probably as it does that than it has been in previous years when Kevin Warren might say something like this. Because to be quite honest, maybe he has. I haven't gone back to other media days and things like that. Maybe he has mentioned and has been asked about the idea of expanding conferences and stuff like that. But of course, now it means more. And now you feel like when the Big Ten says it, they are really saying it as a kind of attacking thing instead of a we'll take what comes to us kind of deal. The Big Ten's out for more teams. And I feel like right now here, Kevin Warren was very clear in making it clear that this conference is open for business. Again, he said it in the most professional and precise way that he needed to. But I think that was one of the biggest takeaways was just Warren overall being kind of on the attack and also the Big Ten being ready for whatever the next step is. He seems much different as someone at the podium than he did when he was messing up the 2020 season a couple of years ago, or I guess what would have been last year's media days answering those questions. Yeah, and that's a good point, kind of thinking back to just uh, the snafu of the 2020 season. But, yeah, watching him on Tuesday – there was a lot more confidence there with where the program is and or where the, the conference is, I should say. He talked about expansion. He said that they're not going to expand just to expand, basically, that they're going to be strategic about it. And that's the position the Big Ten can afford to be in right now, that um, they don't have to go trying to grab anybody to, to save the conference or anything like a, a Pac-12, a Big 12, something like that. They can sit back and they can – kind of feel things out and and pick basically who they want to add to the conference. And so, yeah, it it was interesting that Kevin Warren addressed it without even being asked, I believe. I think that was part of his kind of opening statement. Uh, But regardless, the the fact that he kind of addressed it head on, he said um, the the future may include expansion. Uh, He said it would be done for the right reasons with uh, student athletes kind of being at the center of it, as you said, kind of said it as professionally as uh, he could, but the fact that they are open to it and, and are talking about it, it carries a little more weight considering that they did just expand and you know that they will do it. So uh, it certainly was interesting to hear him uh, being as open about that and, the conference is looking in the future to expand when the the right colleges and programs and the situation arises. I think it was the biggest takeaway for me, just looking at the conference as a whole at the very least, was that it seems like Warren has himself an agenda now. And maybe this yeah. was always the plan when he took the job in 2020 or 2019, whenever that was. But it seems like now, whereas before it may have just been, I'm the commissioner of the Big Ten, I need to keep the Big Ten schools at least at bay without going at war to each other, keep everybody happy. Now it seems like it's become very clear as he talks about this, as he talks about expansion with the college football playoff too, which he was much more definitive on. He said, I 100% support making this bigger. Mm -hmm. It seems like this is more than just a keep all the schools happy job now for him. I think biggest takeaway from these days for me was that Kevin Warren is now out to shape whatever the next version of college football is. I think he very clearly recognizes that responsibility that's been thrown on him by this conference. 
And, and I think that he is at least right now being very proactive and saying, this is what the Big Ten wants. This is what the Big Ten is going to try to do. And it's a big shift. And I think his job description over the last couple of years here, one that right now I think he's definitely embracing, partly because it's opportunistic again, but partly because I think he sees how big his job can then become if he becomes the commissioner of not just the Big Ten, but what could be, I mean, what could be up to half of college football if we end up heading towards these super conferences. So coaches and players and everything that's going to happen on the field aside, I think more than anything else, we learned a whole lot about what Kevin Warren's doing here as commissioner to try and stay active here, stay up with the SEC, and make the Big Ten a super conference that the SEC is already calling itself. Yeah, they're, you said the word, but they're being proactive instead of reactive, and they're being the aggressors in this situation. I don't know if kind of USC and UCLA being added to the conference kind of em, emboldened them uh, and made them maybe realize to a certain degree how strong they are, um, but it also could be with these kind of TV negotiations and the media deals that the money being thrown around that they're kind of realizing the power that they have, but it certainly has been a tone shift that this is a conference that is uh, led by Kevin Warren is going to be proactive and going to be the aggressors and get things done. And yeah, I mean, you just have to look back to 2020 with the COVID season and, and how much they fumbled the bag there and kind of messed things up to see that that hasn't always been the case. So it's definitely changed. And if you're a Big Ten fan, which you probably are listening to this, it's a change for the positive that uh, the conference seems to be on the front foot now um, trying to go about things instead of reacting to it, making the change and, and being proactive and aggressive. Well, we'll talk more about uh, what actual coaches and players and the people who are going to be winning and losing the games in the Big Ten had to say about this. But again, I thought Kevin Warren's words alone were big, not really in the magnitude of what he was actually saying, but the fact that he was coming out and just actually saying any of these things at all, I think really just shows the direction that the Big Ten wants to go and that Kevin Warren is certainly willing to go and push the rest of college football to go with it. We'll see what ends up happening, of course, with expansion and stuff as we continue along with the years. Before we get to coaches and players and everything they had to say, though, of course, our show today brought to you by Built Bar. The new Built Bar puffs are just outstanding. It's like the regular chocolate around Built Bars that you normally love, only instead of the protein bar inside, they got marshmallow in there. It's still all the nutritional stuff that you love, 15 grams of protein, less than five grams of sugars and carbs and things like that. But you, of course, get that great taste of a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And unlike a lot of sponsors here, this is stuff that the hosts around the network actually really, really do enjoy. Jacob, you've tried the Built Bars by now, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Cookies and cream are my go-to. Of course. Here. It's another flavor, it seems like, coming out all the time, whether it be the cookies and cream, whether it be the new coconut brownie chunk puff bar, which is one of their favorite built bar flavors made into this new puff product that they have. You can try it out and try out new stuff all the time by heading over to built.com using our promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that's built.com. You're going to have to try these stuff out. It's the candy or protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All right, Jacob, let's talk a little bit more about what the actual people and movers and shakers in the Big Ten had to say throughout media days. 
I, I had some notes on stuff I wanted to get to. Again, I thought that Kevin Warren's moves were bigger than anything else that we heard, but I did have some other stuff out there. Um, I wanted to start with just University of Michigan. Harbaugh didn't say much about the QB battle. I, I mean, I would imagine that this ends up being something similar to what we saw last year with this Michigan team. Harbaugh was very quiet about it in the preseason. Then we ended up seeing quite a bit of both quarterbacks. I don't know if it works again the way it did last year or this year, because to be quite honest, a lot of things went right for Michigan last year in that quarterback battle. A lot of guys making the right moves when they were on the field at the right times. It just seems like when you have two guys out there, there's all sorts of ways that we can think of it can go wrong and not a whole lot of ways that we think about those two being able to coexist and work together to make it go right, even though we did just see it go right last season. Yeah, I'm generally anti kind of dual quarterback system. Um, I think it, it's, as you said, there's so it's so many moving moving parts, especially in the middle of games, having a different guy come in and you have to really push the right buttons at the exact right time for it to work to that point. Michigan did that last season, so it did work for them. Um, he, he And you're right, he didn't really say anything about the the position he he talked a little bit about them he gave a stat i think like uh he said something like 50 percent of Cade mcnamara's drives ended in points and then he's like i jj i I don't really know his his stats so that was about as much as he gave as a any kind of indication um of one guy over the other but that was it and it doesn't sound like there was no clarity uh, on the matter so i I, if I had to guess right now, I would say it's going to be a kind of a dual quarterback system again, which to a certain extent, don't fix what ain't broke. It worked for him last year. So I, I don't necessarily think I could fault them for running it back this season, but I just think at some point you got to pick one. And I, I think it's just a, a, a risky proposition to keep trying this dual quarterback thing. And I think more often than not, it does not work, but yeah, there was no clarity on that at all from from Harbaugh on uh, at Media Day. I have this sneaky suspicion that Jim Harbaugh doesn't want clarity. Jim yeah. Harbaugh doesn't want a starting quarterback. And while there's always going to be the narrative of the people like us saying, of course, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks, right? But I think that Jim Harbaugh actually really, really does like doing things this way. I think that he's content with going into this season with the two quarterbacks out there and getting reps the way they did last year. And I think that he is not in any rush to definitively say that one is going to be out there all the time or the other is going to be out there all the time. I think that Jim Harbaugh understands the way the college football works and the way that he has to answer these kinds of questions, especially at this position. But I really do believe that if Jim Harbaugh could have it his way, he'd be going through it with the two quarterback system and not having to answer any questions about it just because that's the way he wants to do it again. I don't know, but I think that what he did last year is really, I think a lot of what Jim Harbaugh is about, give the hot hand the chance to make the play, let a guy like McCarthy come out and try and make a big play and spark an offense when he can. But it's again, I think Jim Harbaugh's kind of goal to be able to go into this season with these two guys and not have a starting quarterback, at least not at the beginning. Maybe someone pulls out and shows themselves to be better by margins. But it's right now, at least, 
I think his best chance, I think he thinks his best chance is to have both guys there, both guys ready to play and and both guys actually playing too. It's a big difference between saying you've got two quarterbacks who are ready to go and having two quarterbacks who are actually going to be trusted to get out there and play in between the hashes. Yeah, it also for coaches like Harbaugh, like any division one coach looking for a competitive advantage, there's no reason to name a quarterback a month before the season starts. And I think even if he had an idea of who's going to be the starting quarterback, I don't know that he necessarily would name it at media day and give teams a month to scout that quarterback. So uh, he did say that I think his wording was something along the lines of when we line up for the first practice, Kate will be with the first team, but then immediately said, but JJ is going to get the same opportunities and they're both going to get a lot of reps and we'll figure out who's going to be the starting quarterback week one. I, I ultimately do think that they're going to run it back with two quarterbacks, at least at the start of the season and just kind of play it by year. If it's, if it's working, then they'll continue going with it and maybe eventually they have to make a decision. But yeah, I, I think I agree that ideally you probably just would run both quarterbacks and, and, play it like that because it worked last season but we'll see if if someone establishes themselves in practice or in the first few games um but yeah it right now I, it doesn't seem like there's really any indication of who's going to be the starter similar situation at of course the school you cover here at locked on with the hoosiers jacob but tom allen not giving a whole lot of information on who's going to start there at quarterback yeah, nothing at all. <laughs> he he <laughs> said uh, that he basically said the opposite of Harbaugh, that there's not going to be a dual quarterback system. IU has tried that in the past, and it failed miserably. Um, so it's not something that they're going to go to the well to. He said whoever wins, they're going to win. They're going to be the starting quarterback. And unless injuries happen, which knock on wood, they happened a lot last year for IU, uh, that's going to be the starting quarterback. So we will see once fall camp starts next week, but no, there was absolutely no clarity. He, he was hardly asked about it to be fair, but each time he was, he just basically said, we have two good quarterbacks that are going to battle it out in the fall. He said that he didn't feel strongly enough in the spring about either one of them to name them the starting quarterback. So they're going to get the fall to battle it out. So no clarity there at all either, but that, that one, I can assure you will not be a dual quarterback mm -hmm. system. Uh, only other note I had, and I'll let you go through anything you wanted to touch on too. Mike Loxley at Maryland called to Ali Atungvaloa, most underrated quarterback in all of college football. Uh, he's gotten some love like that in the preseason too, as like a potential breakout candidate this season. I don't know if I see that yet. I see the big arm. I see the flashes. The problem has never been with the ability. So there's that, but like, I don't know if I see, even if the decision-making gets better with him, the kind of opportunity for him to really, really get better and make that huge jump with Maryland this season. Yeah, I mean, he did, to his credit, make a jump last season. Um, I It's still some mixed results there at times. Um, he can put up the big numbers, certainly, and he's done that. I, I'm kind of with you in that. I, I kind of still need to see it some more, um, especially against some of the bigger teams and whatnot, calling them the most underrated in the nation. Like 
you expect a coach to do that, but that's a, <laughs> that's, that's some big claims. So we'll see. I mean, he is a very interesting talent and intriguing talent. Um, so I can understand being some excitement, uh, being an under the radar guy, but um, it's a big jump from being an under the radar guy, especially when you have a successful season like he did last year to being that consistent performer another season and taking it to another level um, from being just kind of an above average quarterback to a great quarterback. So um, I, I, again, I can see it, but I need to see it before I'm going to make any kind of a judgment like that. Any other notes of interest from you from the couple of days that you were there, or at least I'm sorry, first day you were there at media days and what you heard from the second here is in Indianapolis, everyone comes together. Yeah, I mean, I, I just had a couple of things written down, kind of circling back to what Kevin Warren said. A couple of interesting things. The Big Ten's the only Power Five conference to have every coach back this season, uh, for better or for worse. Uh, it, it, I just thought that was interesting. Um, UCLA and USC are going to be full members, receive full shares immediately. And that's something that Rutgers, Nebraska, and Maryland all had to kind of ramp up. They, I think it was about six years before they became full members. Um, I I would say that USC and UCLA come in with a, a lot more bargaining power than those other schools did. So that's probably where that came from. But it was interesting that, that Kevin Warren confirmed that they're going to come in as full members from the get-go. Um, and he mentioned that back in – I believe in 2019, when he was kind of interviewing for the position, he was doing some research and uh, he mentioned that outside of the Midwest, the largest contingent of Big Ten alumni was Los Angeles. And so it's interesting. Um, he, he also talked about academics. He gave a lot of reasons for why they added USC and UCLA, which it was like, I mean, you, you effectively did it for the money. I appreciate you kind of giving all these other other reasons, but we know why you did it. But uh, kind of a, another thing off of that, it's something Tom Allen mentioned. I heard some other coaches mention it as well, is that bringing in UCLA and USC has kind of opened um, the possibility of Big Ten schools recruiting in LA and in California now. Tom Allen said that they've reached out to recruits in California in the Los Angeles area that they otherwise would not have even attempted to recruit. And now that they're in the big 10 and that's quote unquote, big 10 country. Now, I guess um, that's going to open the door potentially for, for recruits from California to come to the big 10 now. So it's going to be interesting to see if that's something that materializes um, across the big 10 here in the coming years as, as those schools get integrated. So a whole lot of dominoes left to fall still a, Another at least one, yeah, a couple of seasons of media days to get to before USC and UCLA are actually playing in Big Ten games, but obviously effects of it being seen already. Jacob Roots was blocked on Hoosiers every single weekday starting up again next week. It's a month away from football season now, Jacob. We're almost there, uh, and we've gotten through the offseason with, of course, luckily, Big Ten's given us plenty to talk about, so no worries yeah. there. <laughs> Certainly so, and it's – uh it's exciting. It, I, as an IU uh, basketball school, uh, never too 
never nearly as excited for the start of football as I am basketball, but having gone to media days and whatnot, it's hard not to be excited. So about ready to start the countdown. I'm looking forward to it after, uh, after seeing the, the media days and being a part of it. It's going to be big. We've got big things planned for the lead up. And of course, all of football season too, as does Jacob at locked on Hoosiers, not a football school, but of course, still going to be covering the team every day throughout the fall as well. Jake, thanks as always for coming on and sharing some wisdom with us from media day. We'll talk to you again soon. Looking forward to it. Thanks again to Jacob Rude for joining us on the program. As always, some notes here before we leave you on the program. As always, tune into the rest of the Big Ten network of Locked On shows. We've got new shows starting up again or getting started with hosts for schools from around the conference. So if you want a little bit more on your school specifically every day, be sure to search Locked On, whatever it may be. Uh, Locked On Spartans for Matt Sheen, who's coming on tomorrow. Locked On Hoosiers for Jacob. You get the idea. A couple of things to get to before we leave you here today on the show. First off, news coming out as far as revenue sharing goes with the new Big Ten schools. USC and UCLA going to be full members getting full media rights money benefits right away from the Big Ten. That was not the same as when Maryland and Rutgers joined in. I'm assuming it was a big part of the deal of getting these two schools into the Big Ten conference. But again, USC and UCLA will get a full share of the money that comes into the Big Ten when they get in. Again, full members right away as they join the Big Ten Conference. So some money news in some of the big money moves being made. Other news, Big Ten is looking at more teams to expand with. Now, these schools in a large way we had already talked about before. We're talking about schools like Notre Dame, Washington, Oregon on this list of seven schools that the Big Ten has picked out as potential next members. But along with, again, Oregon, Washington, you have also a Notre Dame too. You get in there as well as we go down the list, and of course I can't find my notes. Uh, Stanford and Cal as well as Miami and FSU. Some real interesting stuff there. We're going to talk to Matt Sheehan about it on tomorrow's show. But the most of note things, of course, that Miami and FSU teams, not only not anywhere where there's Big Ten teams now, which doesn't seem to matter anymore, but also not members of the AAU. So if the Big Ten is actually looking at those schools, and that's from an actual Big Ten source, this reporting coming from the Action Network, that's big. That's big for the future of this conference. Again, we're going to talk to Matt about it tomorrow. Until tomorrow, again, be sure to follow wherever it is you get your podcasts. We're talking about on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, watch on YouTube, subscribe wherever you're going. Again, it's Locked On Big Ten, Locked On Big One Zero, and I'm at Nate with Sports on Twitter too. Until tomorrow, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten.